If you don't know, you're about to know right now. You're about to learn education. You feel me then? I'm Quindell Evans. And right now, we're starting up the Blue Poetry Podcast. And today's guest, we have Sean Elliott, a poet, a rapper, a songwriter, and a wisdom seeker who wants to use his creative knowledge to expand and develop his personal life. Mm-hmm. Not for himself, but for his family as well. And I think that's very important. So tonight, we're gonna speak about detachments and money. Particularly, how to detach from the negative stigmas of money. Right. Now this is coming from two brothers who are working on being more financially stable than we are right now. So, because we don't know, we're about to learn. <laughs> Education. We're here to teach each other from our different perspectives about money and how it applies to us. And the first topic we're going to talk about is detachment. And then we're going to go into the one of the stigmas of money is the root of all evil. And then we're going to keep going from there. But before we get there, I would allow Sean Elliott to introduce himself. How you guys doing? Um, just like Blue Poetry said, um, my name is Sean Elliott. I'm a poet, rapper, songwriter. Uh, definitely a seeker of knowledge. I try to seek as much as I can, you know, every waking moment. Um, yeah, I just, just can't wait to get into this, uh, these topics. Um, just giving our perspectives, you know, maybe it'll help you guys come to some kind of conclusion or like another milestone. Uh, but we're all just, you know, we're all learning. Nobody knows everything. We're just all trying to get to that next step. Um, even though we can't see it, you know, we'll step on something until the lights up, you feel me? So, it was your idea, first of all, to speak about detachment. Mm-hmm. So, if you don't mind sparking a conversation of what you feel around detachment and what does detachment mean to you, I feel like I feel like detachment and almost like a literal sense is not holding on too tightly to it could be a person, a place, or a thing. Thing being like an idea, person maybe being a relationship, a uh, place could be like a place that gives you like nostalgia or it could be a, a toxic place that you keep revisiting in your mind and you just can't seem to to uh, you know, let go of it. And I feel like detachment is a, is a skill that we have to develop because everyone is so, I, w- I wouldn't say everyone, but a lot of people are um, very much into like ownership. And again, it could be person, place, or thing. And sometimes it can possess the person. And if you don't have a healthy perspective or like at least some sort of separation between you and the thing that you're overly attaching yourself to, you can over-identify with it, and then, you know, you can act in a way that isn't necessarily you, authentically. So, you just don't want to lose yourself in that, um, being over-attached. So, health, so detachment is really just separating yourself from those things, having a healthy perspective on it, and just being more grounded and well-rounded in your perspective. You know, as you're navigating through um, your day to day, trying to get what you need to get done. 
So you mentioned that um, if we don't detach ourselves from certain ideas or ideologies or things in our lives, that we can over-identify with this. Mm-hmm. I personally feel like, you know, after going to open mics for years, striving to be a poet, um, a poet laureate, you know, respected artist, I went to open mics every day in like the, the year of 2014 and was going to open mics, you know, many times a week in 2015. And, you know, so people who are still doing these open mics may know of Quindell Evans, know of Blue Poetry. And I feel like one thing that people attach to is their pain. Um, and I don't think, I think there's two ways to look at it. I don't think it's a bad thing. I think that we don't necessarily attach to the healing aspect of the pain, mm-hmm. but, attach, but attach totally to the unhealed part, to the... Mm-hmm to the part that we didn't accept it, to the part that we haven't gotten over it yet, to the part that we're still suffering, literally, not mm-hmm. figuratively. Many people might, you know, I can't, what I don't want to do is, is dumb down people's pain. I don't want to be insensitive. I don't want to seem like I'm, I'm not sympathetic or I don't care about what people go through. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that like, Feel like people attach to their pain, but not excuse me, they don't attach to the to the healer perspective of it. Mm-hmm. Like you'll hear someone, you know, like this post that I know have their hate the dad poem because he wasn't there in their life, mm-hmm. and they're still reciting it four years later, five years later, and it's like, bro, you ain't forgive him yet. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like you ain't forgive him yet. Like you ain't healed yet. You a grown man. You a grown woman. Like, and I think that's the part of of life that we attach to. Mm-hmm. We attach to our pain, and that's okay, it might be a hit poem. You might want everybody to hear it, but there's a poem called Knock Knock. I can't remember the guy's name. It was on Death Poetry Gym or something like that. It was a Knock Knock. I, I, if you're a poet, and you, you know, when I first was like, I want to pursue poetry, I was YouTubing Death Poetry Gym trying to get my, you know, my research up, and I remember this poem called Knock Knock. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you ever heard it, but it was like, when I was young, me and my father had a game called Knock Knock. Mm-hmm. He would knock on my door, and then I would pretend to be asleep, and then when he got close to me, I woke up. Da, 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 da. And it was like, his father, the, the, the gist of the poem was his father went to jail. You know, he missed the game Knock Knock. He missed being taught how to shave. He missed being taught how to attract women. He missed being taught that, and he had to teach himself that. But the theme of the poem was forgiving his dad. And if you, if we listen to this poem right now, mm-hmm. I, I let people hear this poem and they cry. This poem is very touching, but it comes from a healing place. And these are the poems I love. It's like, we're not attached to the pain. Mm. Like, he clearly was hurt. You know, the guy who wrote the poem, not not. Mm-hmm. But he learned to forgive. Right. He didn't, like, call the daddy jailbird. Mm-hmm. You know, you ain't teach me nothing. Right. You know, like, I hate you for not being here for me. Mommy had to do it on her own. And, Dude, I, dude bullied me, you wasn't there to protect me, and I don't, I don't like you, and when you come out of jail, don't come, don't talk to me. You know, it's like, <clears throat> yeah. whatever, you cheated on mom, and you're just a player, don't talk to me, and it's like, right. When we, the, 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 the healing, I feel like it's forgiven, and that's right. just one aspect. Yeah. You know, there are people who's been touched, abused, yeah. 
orphans, don't know their parents. There are people who suffer from so many things and I'm not being insensitive to any one of their pains, but we identify with it. Right. And we don't detach ourselves from it. Mm -hmm. we, uh, when we don't attach ourselves from it, we don't become attached or we don't become one with the healing of it. Right. And I feel like that holds us back. That's, That's one aspect of, of detachment that we need to focus on. Detaching on one side of the spectrum. It's okay to express. And I think that's very good. Mm -hmm. That I think one part of getting through pain is not being open and not being afraid to share it. Mm -hmm. You know, if your father, was, father wasn't there, if father wasn't around, if father cheated, you're not afraid to share it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a very big part. Yeah. But the next step is learning to forgive. Right. So like that's one one thing, you know. We're not we didn't get to money yet, yeah. but just but just pain, like especially right. family trauma and past trauma and childhood issues. Mm -hmm. You know. So what's your thought on that? Uh, wow. Nah. Cause I grew up in a, in a home. My mother was the parent. Father was going around. He got the same amount of kids as my mother from different women. Oh wow. Yeah. No, nah, I come from a similar background. Like, um, you know, my mom, she was a single mother of nine kids. Um, I was the second oldest of nine. My dad wasn't there when um, when I was born, but he would come around like periodically, periodically being like every couple years or so, and he'll tell me that I'm the man of the house, but it's like, and then he'll leave. So it's like those 20, 30 minutes, however long conversations I had to like sponge in all that just to like make some kind of like archetype of what a man's supposed to be. And then it's like, it was, it was difficult, but I definitely like, but the, Think about me, which I wasn't like that quintessential kid who was like mad that his dad wasn't there. I not saying that, not saying like I was beyond my years, but I had like a certain level of compassion that I could, I could kind of understand like that things happen. It's like the fact that he's even making an effort to pull up is like that's enough, you know, given what had happened prior. And so I never identified with that angry like kid but it, it, that, that, that's just one aspect there's a lot of shit that you know I'm probably I'm still detaching from but I, what you said earlier though about like people over identifying with the pain and then you said um, you had no a po a new, new a poet who had expressed just like pure anger about you know his dad not being there I feel like the detachment is necessary because when you detach yourself you can see like the healing aspect and then when you present it and like art is like almost like the heartbeat of culture. So when you're expressing it, you're giving people the whole spectrum. You're not just giving them one emotion and like, you know, it's like, it's like you're showing them what happened and then you're showing them how to get over something. You always want to present like a, the whole picture. You don't want to give them one side. And if all we're propagating is, and if all we're putting out there is that one side that's negative, then it's just going to perpetuate um, more over detachment to the pain and bitterness and people being more closed. Not saying that's not saying that's that um that there isn't like, you know, moments where, you know, it's open and this is healing, but we just have to be more mindful. And if he's been saying it for like years, it's like he's beating it into his head like over and over and it's like your brain can over attach to things, you know? And maybe you know, maybe this person did forgive their parent, right. but they're cool with just still sharing the poem. Yeah. And it's like, we would love to hear that you actually spoke. You know what I'm saying? The poem about you actually talk to your father and y'all cool. You know, like, 
So yeah, like you might actually begin to believe the fantasy your poem is painting, you know? So like that is one way we attach to ideas. We attach to our pain, you know? And that's one thing um, I want to, want to want people to be aware of. and want myself to be more aware of personally. Like I said, we're learning. We're learning how to be less attached to something, how to detach from it so that way we can grow, you know, and see the other side of it. Mm -hmm. and, and that is very important because our pain doesn't have to eat us. Our pain doesn't have to take us down. Our pain doesn't have to, to haunt us or creep up on us in our later lives. We can deal with things, you know, and that's part of being an adult. You know, like you're not, it's not necessarily your fault if your father wasn't there, if you got touched or if you were abused or whatever happened to you as a child or in your youthful years. But as an adult, it is your responsibility to deal with it, to reconcile with these things as an adult in order to focus on what you want in life, you know? So um, that's just detaching from pain. Mm -hmm. Now you ready to talk about money? Oh yeah. <laughs> All right, so um, money. That's money calling? <laughs> that is, though. <laughs> that is, you feel me? <laughs> oh, that ass. Like, <laughs> that's, that's, that's the perfect time. Yes, that's my birthday on Wednesday, so they said I could pick up a check on Monday. Oh, so that's just in time. Christmas Eve, Monday. Christmas Tuesday, my birthday, the day after Christmas. You know, the first day of closet. You feel me? What's that? A blue moja. <laughs> you feel me? And that's unity. You feel me? So yeah, the, you know what I'm saying? Money is just hitting me up. And I need that right there. Um, <laughs> because one thing I just did while we were on this topic was um, I just spent about $2,000 on an investment. Mm -hmm. You know about my game Pick Up Poetry? We played it at the cafe before? Yeah, I didn't get a chance to play it, but I was watching the you other watch play. came in yeah. while the game was already on? Yeah, I was impressed. I was like, wow, kind of whole like. So if you remember, it was like the cards were a little small. Yeah, yeah, and they wear like this plastic ziplock thing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hey, yeah, you gotta get it how you how right, you live. Right. You feel me? So ain't no shame in my game. Right. You feel me? Because I bought four hundred of those mm -hmm. plastic decks, and I sold about three hundred for ten dollars a piece. You feel me? So ain't no aim in my game. I gotta mm -hmm. get it how I live. Right. But recently, I went on Alibaba.com, found right. a dude who, you know, everything made in China. Yeah, found a dude in China who makes. Decks of cards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And got a thousand decks for fourteen hundred. Plus seven hundred. Right, right, right. <laughs> but so I, I paid about twenty one hundred mm -hmm. for a thousand decks, and I just put the money in the other day. So uh -huh. I'm waiting on the tracking number, and it should be coming within a week or two. So I'm very excited about that. I'm gonna have a thousand decks official card deck. Mm -hmm. So I ain't gotta hustle the little John with the plastic right. bag for ten dollars. You know, so I'm pretty excited about that. You know, now I can give people official decks. Right, the package you know? game is blowing up. Package game and is up. And Christmas is like, you know, last minute Christmas gift. I mean, I don't know if I'm going to have it before Christmas. Oh, I right, ship right, it right. and all that yeah, 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 yeah. holiday time. True, true. But it ain't mad. Whenever it comes, it comes. Right. Middle of January, it's coming. You feel <laughs> me? Like, it's coming. Because oh, I, yeah. that's how I told you I want to do a scholarship this year. Right. I plan on going to the school. Mm -hmm. Hitting them with a con, man. Help me sell these decks. Every percentage. Y'all get, you know what I'm saying? Right. Y'all get some money and we get, you know what I'm saying? Right, right. Every, every sale, percentage go to a student out of school. Mm -hmm. So I plan on doing that. Right. You know, because if I got a thousand decks and I sell them for $14, mm -hmm. the plastic one is 10 
but this one might be a little more, fourteen dollars. Mm -hmm. Fourteen dollars. You feel me? All I want is a thousand dollars to go to the to students out of schools. So I do the math. You feel me? Right. They take about ten percent. That's fourteen hundred dollars for sure. Mm -hmm. You feel me? We got a thousand dollars scholarship to a school plus four hundred dollars for a little gathering or something. Right, right. We just bring together and hand in big giant check. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So like, we litty. Right, now right. I want to do that by the end of the year, whether it be this semester of school coming back right. or this September. You feel me? Mm -hmm. Whatever. I want to give scholarships to some schools. So specifically luck. starting my high school. And that's money. So now we on money, right? And money and detachment from money. One of the ideologies that we have about money. No matter where it comes from, it does matter where it comes from. Money is the root of all evil. Say it with me, big bro. Hold on, like when from the chew. Money is the root of all evil. I'm ready. Money, money is, is the, the root, root of all evil. evil. Do you believe that? No, I don't. But you have at one point, right? I, I believe that definitely. at one point too. But when you grow, the perspective is more like. Especially more like you start to realize that the lack of money is more of the root of evil. It fits that concept because if you see it, people who are their backs against the wall, they have no other other options. That's when robbing, looting, all those all those things stem from a lack of. And and I'm always people. We we are we have primal instincts where to where we have to survive. And when those kick in, you don't know what you're capable of doing. When you're primal in a civilized society, then you know anything can happen. Right. So you need that. You need you need money. And in a system that runs on money, you need money to kind of ground yourself. It's not gonna ground you entirely, but like if you know all your basic needs are survivable and met, just like animals, if animals if their needs are met, they're gonna bug out and find a way to get it. But, how we get it out here is different. So, <laughs> so yeah, so you need money. You definitely need that. The lack of money is the root of all evil. The root, not the cause, you know, not the effect, not the cause and the effect of all evil, but the root. Meaning, the mind state of lacking is the root of all evil. The mind state of not understanding that you are equipped with everything that you need is the root of all evil. Mm. The lack of wealth, the lack of prosperity, the lack of abundance is the root of all evil. We're not just talking about dollars, cash, coins, and credit, you know? We're talking about prosperity, abundance, options, feeling like you have the, the ability to do what you want. That's what, that's what that phrase, the lack of, you know, money is the root of all evil, really boils down to. But somehow, you know, over time, things change. If you listen to the to the Three Little Pigs story today, it would be very different from when you were a child. Kids would be like, I want to see Little Pigs in yeah. school. And they're like, but then the pig, that one of them had a brick house and a straw house. What happened yeah. to, the, to the straw house? I'm like, nah, the pig had a pig house. And it's like, you know, it changes. So, like, the story, the, the narrative changes. So, somehow, right now, in this day and age, we're just hearing the money. Go back in history, it was the lack. And not just money, it was wealth, prosperity, abundance. The, these are things, you know, these are things that make you feel equipped. Not just money, 
but we've taken it and demeaned it and changed the meaning of it. So because in today's society, we believe in cream, cash rules, everything around me, and we have we have detached ourselves. We have detached ourselves from aspects of wealth and abundance and prosperity, and we're just focused totally on money mm. and not what money means. So it's really the lack of prosperity, wealth, and abundance. In parentheses, money, mm -mm. you know? Or the other way around, however you want to phrase it, is the root of all evil. Mm -hmm. So that doesn't mean if you're rich, you're, you don't do things that are considered evil because right. it's the mind state of mm -hmm. lack that can still that can still be the root of you doing money laundering, mm -hmm. as we hear about most rich people doing. That can still be the, the root of, of you, you know, trying to cheat to get more money, trying to get over on certain people to get more money or to, to you know, to up your account. You know, so the lack of money is the root of all evil. Mm -hmm. And me personally, I done messed up so many accounts. I, you know what I'm saying? Like, I go into the bank, they're not letting me open up no account. They're like, listen, you guys, they're doing that chase. Bank uh, of America. Me too. You can't open up no account here. I can't go back to Chase. Go to somebody else. Because the lack of money caused me to be like, I'm going to just overdraft this account until I can get some money to survive for the weekend, <laughs> for the month. And whatever happened is it got to happen this account, but I need to get by right now. That's because the lack of money allowed me to do that. Not money, but most people out here scamming with checks, and scamming with credit cards, and scamming with gift cards, and scamming with counterfeit bills and stuff like that is because of the mind state of the lack. You know, so what we want to do today is, is discuss how can we build on the idea that there's never a lack. We always have ideas and resources to sustain ourselves. And there's gonna be times where you, it's very hard, very difficult, but I think the majority of us are, are making enough, but we're overspending. I think majority of us are making enough, but we don't have money management skills. I think majority of us are making more than enough money, but not investing, not saving. We're not being financially thrifty. We're not disciplining ourselves financially because we haven't learned it. And we're, and we're not taking responsibility as adults to study how, read some financial books, listen to financial podcasts. YouTube has everything in the world. If you want to <laughs> learn how to break into a house, you do it on YouTube. You want to learn how to... Don't do that. <laughs> if you want to learn how to become financial, there's all these financial gurus who go on YouTube and give you so many tips. You know, someone will try to sell you, but you don't have to because all of the stuff that they're, that they're selling you it's somewhere on, some, on another page or another YouTube page. Mm -hmm. you, you know, you can just take off binging, you know, power for one night and binge financial success. Mm -hmm. So, I think the information is out there and our parents haven't taught us it. Our environment haven't taught us it. Our school, for example, haven't taught us it. Our friends haven't taught us it. And it's not immediately available. 
Right. So we're not necessarily being financially manageable. We're not right. managing our finances. I don't think no one is really like poor. Right. You know? Especially blacks. Mm -hmm. You know, because we have a high buying power. Right. You know? So I think like we need to talk about that more, we need mm -hmm. to focus on that more, mm -hmm. and just like stop paying our bills for halfway. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna put forty on on bill to make me check. Right. You know, right, <laughs> and right. then I'm gonna put the rest on it. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so like we do things like this because that's what we've been taught. So what are some ways you feel like? You know, I mentioned like podcasts and YouTube and books. What are some ways you think? You know, we can become more financially successful, more financially man manageable. Do you believe? You no, know, that's just me. Do you mm -hmm. believe that? There are people who are poor and don't have enough. Well, for the first one, as far as like um, ways to become, you know, more efficient with money, leading to you know more prosperity. I think we have to um, back again, like detach from looking at the lack and attach to the idea that. You, if your brain is functioning, then you have the confidence to, like you said again, like ideas, like don't don't doubt your ability to to learn something new, to to implement, um, study yourself, observe your patterns, like just like a week. Don't don't judge yourself. Just like do go about your normal day. Just like keep a book. Write down like what you spend your money on. I know some of the apps now like. You could check like your um, like you could track like what you've been spending on and spending on what, and just look at that and like just look and just like really think like wow like do I really need all these things that I'm, you know, you know blowing my money on, and it's like you you really just have to sit down with yourself and put in the work and like Wendell said it's like you may not have been taught it, you know from your environment, from your family, schools, or whatever, but now, in, in this age of information, everything is literally there, like, you can, um, you can just go on YouTube, like we suggested, and you can type in anything, you can Google or YouTube anything, and something will pop up, and you can definitely, like, digest that information and put it into action. It's gonna be a little difficult at first, but you can definitely do it, and the second question, that you said it was um you think that people there are people who are actually poor and don't have enough there um it depends on um see that that question is at least in america we don't have to talk oh about okay, okay, okay. Like, yeah. um because this is america you know with this like this, yeah land of the free and the american dream and stuff like that you come here like right you know? that's where we're at i can't talk about it no yeah, yeah, yeah well if we're just talking if since we're if we're just talking about America, then I would just say like um, it's all a mindset because there are so many programs, so many um, things available to us that you can take advantage of. But if your mind is in a place where it's like, oh, I'm just stuck in this situation, I'm never gonna get up, then you're gonna, you're literally just gonna be paralyzed, and you, and there's so much, and you're just gonna like. You won't be able to, because you overly identify with, with there's no way out, you won't be able to discern when there's opportunity in front of your face. And you're gonna be closed off because you feel alone, you feel like you're the only one going through it. 
So you really have to, it's really, when it comes to, like I said, when it comes to America, there's always a way out, but it's dependent on the um, person's mentality and how they see it. And that's why, going back to detachment, that's why you have to detach from those ideas that you know aren't serving you. Because when you can step back and get like a, a, a clear picture of everything, you can see which route to take, as opposed to having that tunnel vision on something that's leading you to a dead end, you know? I think you definitely do need to step back um, and detach. Excuse me. I think also, um, you know, you keep coming back to detachment, I like it, because one thing, I, and you also been on some minds, it's a state of mind thing, I do think it's a mentality thing. Mm -hmm. I think changing your state of mind on money requires you to change your state of mind on other things at the same time. Mm -hmm. um, and detachment too, you know? One question I wanna ask is, do you feel like being attached to, mm -hmm. or being around our friends and family so much hinders our ability to be financially stable in a way. You know, like, mm -hmm. you were telling me about a situation that happened yesterday with your family. I don't know if you were comfortable sharing it. Um, and I was talking to somebody a few weeks ago and they were saying like, you know, I always feel like I gotta help out my mother and father and I always gotta give them money and my father knows it. And my mother, you know, Mm -hmm. My mother don't know it, but my father knows and I'm going to give. So he gets around my mother who's, who, if ever he asks something, she going to mm -hmm. be like, you know. Right. She going to kind of, you know, push that on me too. And then I feel bad to say no to my mom and my yeah. father. Stuff like that, you know. Right. So I feel bad and I give to my family. So my friends who are trying to keep up with the Joneses mm -hmm. want to wear Jordans and want to go out to eat and events all the time right you know us being attached to these certain type of circumstances mm -hmm. situation holds us back we need to detach from certain stuff like that too right or change our mind you know about mm -hmm. it change how we are looking at that mm -hmm. you know one or the other maybe that's just it's, it's synonymous change right. your mind about it mm -hmm. and um how do like matter of fact that's it like how can we change our mind mm -hmm. from 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 playing victim in a way. Like, I gotta help out my right. mother and father and my <laughs> cousin and family. Yeah. You know, and how can we, you know, be victorious? How can we be like, okay, you know, because you said something about writing them stuff down. That's something I do. Yeah. I like to write down, you see me but my food and change. Yeah. You know? Because yeah. I'll write down exactly how much I'm spending. Mm -hmm. Literally. And that's something I did to get to this goal for getting pick up poetry done. I write down exactly how much I'm spending, exactly how much my income is too. And that helped me look over it. But then also when I get an income, I put like five, ten percent of my money aside to give. Yeah, yeah. So like this is giving money. Somebody asked me about it. But I ain't got nothing in the give tank. Nobody get nothing. Mm -hmm. You know? And one of the one of the tools that I hear, you know, cause I, I said earlier about we could read financial books and mm -hmm. listen to financial podcasts and YouTube. I'm not just saying it. This is stuff that I'm doing mm -hmm. at this moment, literally, right. today, mm -hmm. you know? And I, I, I heard in three podcasts this week, and I've read in two books this year, mm -hmm. that people with, people with uh, 
what they do with their children or what their parents done with them right. was give them three jobs. Whenever they, they were making chores for allowance. Mm -hmm. If they get a $10 allowance, $20 allowance, they said three jobs. 10% goes into the give job, 10% goes into the savings job, and 10%, I mean, and the rest is the child's. Right. And as far, as far as that goes back, most people are saying that the Rockefellers did this. Mm -hmm. And that's how they taught their children how to gain generational wealth. Mm -hmm. You know, give your children an allowance to give them something, mm -hmm. three jobs. 10% give job, 10% mm -hmm. savings job, mm -hmm. and a 10% spending job. That's something that's very easy in a way mm -hmm. to do with your child and condition your child to respect money, mm -hmm. you know? And we can do that as well. Right. You know, so I feel like that's a tool that we can use to get over the stigma one, that having a lot of money people think you don't give. Mm -hmm. Job, you know, <laughs> right? You ain't even gonna tell them that you, you just you just have it on your, in your career. There's so many people who's rich and they don't share, like, you know, some people rich and they boast. I, share, I, I, I gave to this charity, I gave to this charity to right. kind of get publicity, but there's so many other wealthy people who don't share because they don't want that. They right. don't want to be the cheesy or I can give to charities guy. Just if you believe in me, you believe in me. If you don't, you don't, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. So, like, and people just some people are just good internally. Right. They don't need recognition. Mm -hmm. But I feel like that is one tool that we can use. Mm -hmm. And that takes a mind state. Yeah. It takes a state of mind mm -hmm. that's different from, um, I want to keep up with my friends. Mm -hmm. right. If you go keep up with your friend, you got to keep up with that 80% of this lounge. <laughs> yeah. You know, if you want to keep up, if you want to be giving to somebody who is asking, you got to do it from that 80%. Right. You know, when you're in the devil, and if you keep doing this, mm -hmm. you can... You can learn how to budget more. You will always be saving and giving. Right. You know, so I think personally, that's something I want to do with my soon or don't jinx me. With my children, <laughs> 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 don't jinx myself. Yeah. yeah. You feel me? But my children in the future, I want to definitely do this. You know, right. I want to do the three jobs, John, and we could definitely teach them how to save, give, and spend. Right. You know, so I think personally question was originally does your friends and family have an impact on your habits and your spending habits? I definitely believe so especially if you know your friends you obviously spend a lot of time with your friends families family especially if you live close by your family and friends have a, a influence over, a influence over you that even, even though you're not aware you allow it and I feel like to implement ideas like three jars, you have to one be, you have to one like um, be honest with yourself. You have to be honest, like yo, like if you don't, you gotta be honest, like if you don't got it, and like if you can't keep up, don't don't keep doing those things. Like you gotta be honest with yourself first, and then you gotta be honest with them. And if they don't understand, then they don't understand. But you gotta you gotta put yourself in a position to where. You know, you become conditioned to knowing how to save and, and um, invest. You have to be honest with yourself and those people and give yourself time to learn these new habits. So down the line, 
but you can be, you can actually be an example to them, and you probably become more of an influence to them. So then it kind of trickles down to um, friends and family if they struggle with that same problem. Okay. So definitely being honest with yourself, like going out, finding the information. It's like you can find it on your phone, and don't be too. Um, if it's a good idea, don't be too concerned with where it's coming from. Like. If you don't agree with a certain person on one aspect, just you know, take what resonates or what works for you and just yeah. keep it going. Don't some just, people might be like, I don't like the Rockefeller. Yeah, yeah, like some, like probably like if you're pro black or whatever, it's like, ah, oh, Rockefeller. Like, take out, just forget the name and just look at look at the um the exercise, the exercise, the activity, the tool that can benefit you, regardless of who it's coming from. We in a society where economic security is important. You feel me? So let's take it for what it is and learn how to utilize these tools and activities and these, you know, these things that allow us to advance in our state of mind. Mm-hmm. You know, and don't keep us boxed in in a certain way of life, you know? Mm-hmm. Because if you want some change in life, you gotta begin to change, you know? Um, I think we're ready to wrap up. Is there anything you want to say about any of the topics? Is there a specific thing you want to detach from right now? Is there, um, you know, any last comments you have on the idea of detachment and money? I feel like, as far as detachment goes, I feel like there are ideas that I've attached myself to as far as, like, Having to be the one to always have it, even when I don't have it, that's a, that, that's like a form of over-attaching yourself. And my, me personally, it's like, even if I don't have it, I've identified with that person to to have it anyway that I would give to my detriment. And that's something I've, that's something I'm, I'm working on detaching myself from. And um, as far as like, as far as like money, it's like you really have to decide um, like what type of a lifestyle you want to live, and in order to and whatever it is, like you have to know how to handle money, and you have to and learning how to handle money may require you letting go of some of ideas you attached, you know, that you've attached yourself with, you know, prior, and it's going to be a little difficult, but you have to do it for your betterment. Especially, and you know, uh, theoretically, you only got one life, so you want to live your best one. And a lot of people might disagree, but in a world that operates on money, money has money is one of the biggest factors of quality, as apart from health and you know relationships. Money is definitely one of those things you need to um, work on, especially as you know, especially in the black community or poor in general. Everyone just needs to know how to handle their money, uh, right? Do you have a specific amount of money you one day want to have, or do you, do, you, do you have dreams of being very wealthy, or you just, you know, want to always want to just have enough, or want to get by? Oh no, I definitely want like, a couple M's, you know, like I can get like a hundred M's. That'd be that'd be really nice because, and then you also got to be careful. You gotta. Because we're also in a society where they say 
Got to keep getting more, keep getting more. But ultimately, you have to decide for you. This is a personal decision. What's enough for you? Because then you could, because the obsession of constantly getting it, you're you're not paying attention to the other things. Like, you know, if you get married when they have kids, like you might those three, four hours in the office, you know, added up. That's like ten years taken away from times you could have been playing catch with your son or whatever. So you, it's everything got to be balanced. Like as the more you, the more you learn about how to use money, then the world gets bigger. And then it's like as your world gets bigger, there's more things you gotta adjust, you know, just to make it more cohesive. Yeah. Have you ever thought about how you wanna achieve this accomplishment? Is there a certain business, certain enterprise you want to establish, or are you just like this is a general thing? Um, I definitely have a lot of rough ideas that. I feel like, you know, if executed the right way, it can make me, you know, it can make me a couple of dollars. Um, but like I said, they're all beginning stages, nothing I can really like talk about. But I do pursue music, so that's like, um, uh, what I would like to do is like once I like build a certain audience, I want to start monetizing like the audience and like set up little businesses. So if I never like, become like it's safer if I never become like one of those big heavy hitters in the music industry at least I have these businesses that fulfill a need to keep me you know to keep the thing going and yeah right now I'm thinking of like thinking bigger and expanding my ideas you know I'm thinking like maybe a thousand dollar scholarship is a little too small mm-hmm. maybe I want to just reach for the twenty five thousand dollar scholarship fund you know even though it's going to take more work Mm-hmm. But I feel like if you sell big, you learn more. Mm. You know? But if yeah. I fell like this, and it's like, eh, eh. Right. Get it? Nah, that's actually good. Like, don't and don't be afraid to fail either. If you fail at something big, the little things are nothing. You, know, you could just do those little things and then you could win big. Okay. So with that being said, you know, one of the things I want to ta- detach from is, you know, as someone who sets goals and always wants to get to my goals, I want to detach from the idea that I have to be the early bird that gets the worm. Mm. You know, I always got to wake up early. You know, that I always have to be the first one up and waking up to get started on things early. You know, I want to detach from the idea because I lose, I lose a lot of sleep. I've lost a lot of sleep trying that get up early approach and my body has beaten me up. And I don't like that. But what I want to change my state of mind to is the is the fact that I can get a full rest and in the hours that I'm awake, I can still get as much work done as if I got up early. With scheduling and concrete planning. Mm-hmm. That's one of the ideas I want to detach myself from. Being the early one. That's great for the people who it works for. But... For me, who will go to sleep at 1.32 and wake up at 5, migraines and body breakdowns and, you know, and then I got to take off three days and just do nothing and sleep because my body is like, bro, we've done enough. So I want to detach from that and I want to attach to or I want to learn how to schedule the concrete planning or how to be successful within any amount of hours that I'm awake. You feel me? So 
My name is Quindell Evans. It's your boy Sean Elliott. I appreciate you for listening to the Blue Poetry Podcast. Do you want to tell me a handle or if you have any events or any SoundCloud or music on iTunes, stuff like that, so they can find you? Yeah, sure. All right. So you guys can follow me on Instagram at Sean X Elliott. That's S E A N X E L L I O T. And um, I got music on all streaming platforms right now. Um, my latest single is Maritime. You can find that, like I said before, on all streaming platforms, Spotify, iTunes title, however you stream and purchase your music. And my name on that is Sean Elliott, S-E-A-N-E-L-L-I-O-T. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I'm Quindell Evans, bluepoetry.com. Blue is the color of dream. Poet is the already inscribed. Trees is what keeps us alive. Bluepoetry.com, blue poetry on the gram and everywhere else. If you don't know, you're about to know right now. You're about to learn education. You feel me then? Let's go! You make it feel right I wanna make it mine I miss you when you with me You're 
gone, it ain't no difference since you with me here now. We getting straight to business. Stand up.